You're listening to the Weekly Varsha Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Israel 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha Yisro, and our Parsha begins with Yisro, the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu of Moses, coming to visit the, the Jewish people. He has heard amazing things, and he wants to join them. He becomes a gear. He becomes perhaps the first convert to Judaism after the Jewish people become the first converts to Judaism. And I'd like to share with you what the Medrash says. Very interesting Medrash. Let's learn this together. Vayishma Yisro. Pasuk says, Vayishma Yisro. Yisro heard. He heard about the amazing things that had occurred to the Jewish people. Hado dechsiv reyacha vereya avicha al tazev. The Pasuk says something very interesting. The Medrash is going to give us a comparison between Yisro and Esav. We'll see the many uh, differences between them, and we're going to try to understand a little bit about it. But before it gives us this this comparison, it gives us a little bit of background. The Pasuk tells us, Don't leave your friend and the friend of your father. This is a Pesach in Mishle, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 10. God is referred to as our friend. Don't leave our friend. Hashem is our friend. How do we know that Hashem is our friend? The measure says, we find that the Pesach says, it's in Psalms, chapter 122, verse 8, very famous so even though the Pashup Shad is that it's King David speaking, the Medrash, as is his way, which is explained by the Be'er Maharif, the Medrash understands that it's Hashem speaking, on behalf of my brothers and my friends. Hashem is speaking of the Jewish people as his friends. So we are Hashem's friends. So King Solomon is exhorting us, don't leave your friend, that's Hashem. Vireya avicha, don't leave your friend of your father. The Pasuk refers to, to Abraham, Pasuk in Isaiah, in Yeshaya chapter 41, verse uh, 8, as the seed of Abraham, my beloved one. So we see Avram as someone who is beloved. Don't leave your friend and the friend of your father. That's Avram. Don't leave Hashem. Don't leave Avram. Don't leave. Says the, says the Medrash, I believe this is the Hemshech of the Pasuk, of that, that verse. If you do leave, don't go to your brother's house on the day of your joy. Okay? There's a contrast between the one who is your friend, which is Hashem, the one who is your father's friend, which is Avram Avinu, Versus your brothers. Who are these brothers? Ze Yishmael ve'esav. Says the Medrash, this is a reference to Yishmael and Esav. Yishmael, which of course we can say refers to the Arab world. Esav refers to the Western world. But on a simple level, it's referring to Yishmael and Esav. Those people, of course, they are the foundation of those who come after them. Just like Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. The, the, our forefathers are the foundation for all that we are. So too, Yishmael is the foundation for the people of Yishmael, for the Arab world. Esav is the foundation of 
the people of Esau, which is the Western world. I'm Rabbi Shuv and Levi. Rabbi Shuv and Levi says, we'll see what this means very soon. Rabbi Shuv and Levi says, Kishahila Nevuchanetzer es Yisrael Abavel, Hoikfusim Acharem. When Nevuchanetzer sent the Jewish people out into, into Galus, into the exile of Babylonia, so they were, they were, they had their arms behind them, they were, they were in chains. The Medrash describes, not this Medrash, the, the Medrash here describes, gives us a reference to another Medrash, which describes how the Jewish people came to a certain location, and they were children of Yishmael who were there, and the Yishmaelites gave them empty bottles to drink, and they died of, of, of thirst and being parched when the hot air came out of the empty bottles. So, the, the Medrash tells us that when Yishmael, when he was in the Midbar, when he was in the wilderness, so Hashem provided for him a be'er, a, a well. But his great-great-grandchildren, when it came to the Jewish people, so, they had nothing. They had nothing. And Yishmael, the people from Yishmael, the, the, the offspring of Yishmael did not provide the Jewish people with anything. Okay, so the Medrash here ends off with Taiv Shachin Karev Miach It's better to have a good neighbor, a good neighbor, a, a neighbor who one is close with, than a brother who is far, a brother who is distant. So, what is the idea? Yishmael and Esav represent our brothers. They are our brothers. However, there are brothers who have animosity towards us. They have a natural animosity, and we're going to see what that looks like. But it's better to have a good neighbor. Who's the good neighbor? So this is Yisro. Yisro is somebody who, let's see, let's see who he is. Yisro originally was farther from the Jewish people than Esav was to Yaakov. But here's the, the Medrash giving us the, the um, comparison between Yisro and Esav. Yisro, Maksiv, what does it say about Yisro? regards to the offspring of Yisro himself, so the verse tells us that when Shaul HaMelech came to, king, to kill Amalek, so he separated out all the people who were the Kani people. Kani people were from Yisro. So they weren't allowed to be killed. They were the Jewish people were obligated to kill the Amaleki people, but not the Kani people. Amalek came from Esav, of course. Amalek were the ones who attacked the Jewish people. They have a an evil, evil. They're the source of evil in the world. Is the Amaleki people? Haman Russia wanted to destroy the Jewish people in the times of Esther, and probably we could safely say that those who perpetrated the Holocaust were also descended from the Amaleki people. So, they there was an obligation to kill them. The Kani people who were from Yisro were removed. So we see that that's how, that's how we treat the offspring of Yisro. When in regards to Esau, the Torah tells us, never forget what they did to you. Never forget. 
We find many instances where the Torah writes something negative about Esav and it writes a positive thing in contrast about Yisrael. It says in Eicha, it describes the fact that they, the, the people of Esav, the Romans, the, they caused, well, in Eicha, it's talking about, it's talking about the first Beis HaMikdash, but the Medrash should understand that it's referring to perhaps anyone who destroyed the Beis HaMikdash. I'm not sure exactly how it darshans it, but Nashim the, the the women in Tzian, they were they were afflicted by Esav. We also find that our Chazal tell us that, that Esav himself, besides for his offspring, but Esav himself was somebody who was involved in Znus, he was involved in licentious behavior. By Yisro it says that he gave over his daughter to Moshe Rabbeinu to, to, for a wife. So you see that they had a different attitude when it came to the way women are treated and the way things should be. In regards to Esav it says that they ate up our nation, they ate up my nation, they ate, for, they ate bread, or they ate for their bread. I'm not sure exactly what it means. Yisro said, call him. Esav is busy eating meals as he destroys the Jewish people. Yisro, he calls Moshe Rabbeinu to, to eat with him. Also in our parsha, Yisro ate a meal with the Jewish people, with, with the great sages. Beis of Ksiv, I'm sorry, I read that already. Beis of Ksiv, in regards to Esav, it says, in regards to Amalek, it says that they were not fearful of Hashem. They came to attack the Jewish people as the Jewish people left the land of Mitzrayim, headed towards the land of Israel. Comes Amalek and attacks them because of their lack of fear of heaven. In regards to Yisrael, it says, and I think again, I believe that this is referring to the fact that Yisro instructed Moshe Rabbeinu, if Hashem told you to go back to Egypt to, to redeem the Jewish people, then you should follow the instructions of Hashem. So Yisro was aware of and, and had respect for the Word of God. Esav bitel sakarbonis. Esav, he was the one who caused the karbonis to be nisbatel, to be nullified. Right, who destroyed the temple? Who destroyed the base? The second base Hamikdash. It was the offspring of Esav, the Romans. They destroyed the base Hamikdash. They erected the the Arch of Titus. Regards to Yisro, the verse says that he he brought Carbonus. He came to the Jewish people. He brought Carbonus. Esav shomav yitzias and shal Yisrael. Esav he heard about the fact. That the Jewish people left Egypt. What does he do? The people of Amalek come and they fight with the Jewish people. They battle with the Jewish people on their exit from Egypt. Yisro hears about the praise of the Jewish people. He, he hears, he sees the amazing things that have occurred, the amazing miracles, and he attaches himself to them. Once read. In a, uh, I'm sure I've mentioned it to you guys before. I read in a sefer written by Reb Shlomo Kalbach. He says that, you know, how can you tell if somebody's really a friend? 
You can tell if somebody's really your friend if you can tell them good news about yourself. If you can share with them something happy that's going on in your life. You, you just won the, the lottery. You just won a million dollars. Who can you tell it to? That's your real friend. That's a hot, much higher level of a friend because to be happy for somebody else, to hear the good news about the Jewish people and, and be excited and want to join them, that's just a completely different approach. That's the Pshan Nebuzik, It is better to have a close neighbor than to have a distant brother, a distant relative. You know, we read this and we hear about Amalek, we hear about Esav, and we try, we, it's, it's a difficult thing to understand. It's also difficult to understand. We look at our relationships, we look at the relationships between brothers and sisters sometimes, they can be a relationship of jealousy. And we need to look at this and, and try to understand it because it's so important. It's such a, it's such a big mila. Yisrael had such a big mila. He had such a great advantage. He had such a great attribute, which was his ability to hear something good for, that, that's, that someone else has. And instead of being jealous of it, instead of it being something that repels him, it draws him in. He wants to come. He wants to attach himself to the Jewish people. He, he sees that Moshe Rabbeinu is being sent to be the Goyal, to be the Redeemer, and he says, Go! If Hashem says to do it, do it. Esav is somebody who rejects. He rejects. He's not interested. He doesn't have that fear of Hashem. Interestingly, what does it mean he was Mavatal the Karbonis? We said before, he was Mavatal the Karbonis. He nullified the, the sacrifices. So one understanding is, as we said, which was that he destroyed the base of Migdash. But another understanding of it is, second explanation that you see, is that when Yaakov Avinu and Jacob bought the, fir, the, the birthright from Esau, he belittled the spiritual, the, the firstborn rights, which involved the spiritual pursuits of the Jewish people. He said, I, can, I'm not, I can't hack it. I can't be the guy who brings the carbonus, brings the sacrifices. Now, how interesting is it that the very person who threw away his firstborn rights, who threw away his spirituality, who gave, who sold it for a bowl of lentils. How interesting is it that his great-grandchildren, the Amaleki, the Romans, they were the ones who came to attack the Jewish people, who came to, they came to bite, like a dog comes to bite the Jewish people as they're leaving Egypt, about to head towards their spiritual destiny. They, they, they're the ones who come and destroy the base of English, the temple. Destroy the ability for the Jewish people to be able to bring those carbonists and sacrifices which bring the Jewish people close and all the nations of the world as well, close to God. How I, how, what, a, what a terrible irony. But it's not just an irony. It's as we said before that the, the root of who these nations are for all time is rooted in who their great-great-grandfather was, who Esav was, who Yishmael was. And here's where we get to something very interesting, and it's pretty amazing. Hakadosh Baruch Hu keeps sending me gemaras that I'm learning currently, that are related to the midrashim that we're learning. It's a gemara in Psachim on the Kufi Chesam Beis. The gemara there tells us about something that's going to happen in the future. Mashiach is going to come. The Messiah will arrive, and of course, when the the Messiah arrives, Mashiach comes. So 
there's a recognition of the Jewish people as the leaders of mankind, spiritual leaders of mankind, specifically spiritual leaders of mankind, not just technological leaders. What happens? The people of Mitzrayim, which you have to know who that's referring to, but in the Pashas of, of the Gemara, which is a Midrashic kind of Gemara, it sounds like it's speaking about the original Egyptians. Mitzrayim says, I want to send a dinner, I want to send a gift to Mashiach, which really means I want to, I want to do something that shows that I'm connected to the Jewish people, to the Messiah, to God. I want to have access to Hashem as well. They, but they say to themselves, you know, how can we, how can it be received? Hare, we, we caused pain to the Jewish people. We were mashabed them. We, we, we tortured them. We enslaved them during their, during their 210 years in Mitzrayim in Egypt. But Hashem says to Mashiach, I want you to accept their gift. I do want you to accept their gift. Why? Why should I accept their gift? Says Mashiach. Hashem says to them, accept the gift because Lamaisa, they gave them a place to stay. They might not have been so nice. Part of the time, they were nice. Part of the time, they enslaved them. But they provided them, provided them with food and shelter. They provided them with a home. And I want you to accept their, I want you to accept their, their own, their gift. Medrash says, the Gemara says, the, the Midrashic Gemara says, the people of Kush, they say, hey, if Hashem accepted their, their gift, maybe they'll accept, you know, maybe Hashem, will accept a gift from us. So they also offer gifts, and Hashem says, accept their gift. Then the Malchus Remi Harisha, the evil Romans, which, obviously, if we're talking about Mashiach in our times, hopefully soon, it's going to be referring to the Western world. So the Western world, who hated us, who killed six million of us, who the, the, the world today that rejects us, rejects our claims in Poland, rejects us, hates us, Ben and Jerry's, etc., the liberal world today, sadly, offers a doron, they want to give a gift. They want to give a gift to Mashiach, and Hashem says, no, no gifts, not interested in this gift from Edom, from those who are descended from Esav. Why, says the Gemara, why, says the Gemara, why, says the Gemara, a few reasons. One reason is, you can't have both. Simple. You can't, I can't accept a, a Daron. Not, not so much of an explanation. I can't accept a gift from Esav. It's Klal Yisrael's time now. It's Klal Yisrael's time. And discussing this with my son Moshe Dov, he said, maybe it means that, like the bracha of, of Yaakov Avinu, when Klaisol rises up, uh, Esav is, is down. When Esav is up, Klaisol is down. Heaven forbid. That's one thing. Another thing is that throughout the generations, how did the people of Esav treat the Jewish people? They always judged us negatively. Always judged us negatively. Look at the UN. Always judged us negatively. Last 2,000 years, they never had anything nice to say about us. All they could do is trample us, destroy us, kill us, pillage, murder, etc. We cannot accept. There's nothing good to see. There's nothing good to see. We cannot accept the gift of Esau. Now this is very interesting. What is the idea? 
What is the depth of this? What can we learn from this? What can we see from this? Because, you know, well, there's a Toiv Shebe'esav, there's a good of Esav, but the, the Gemara there doesn't really mention anything good about Esav. It just says, do not accept it. Do not accept it. And I think that if we connect it back to the measure that we just read, it teaches us a very important and powerful lesson. Who is rejected for all time? Who is rejected for all time? Now Yishmael, Chazal tell us, Yishmael does tshuva at the end of his life. So we can be assured that the offspring of Yishmael will also do tshuva. They will also repent at the end of time. But Esav does not do tshuva at the end of his days. So it seems, you know, I know that there are conflicting opinions about this, but it seems at least from this Medrash and from the from the Gemara and Psachim Kufi Chesma Beis that Esav is rejected in the end of time. Now why is Esav rejected in the end of time? And the answer is because Esav rejected HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Esav rejected Yaakov. And Esav and his offspring Amalek rejected the Jewish people. And Esav and Rome, his offspring, rejected spirituality, true spirituality, as is represented by the Torah, as is represented by Klal and Eretz Yisrael. They sent us into Gullus, into exile. They sent us into Gullus and exile. When somebody rejects, when somebody rejects spirituality, when someone rejects his brother, might be jealousy, or it might be just a feeling, as we spoke about a few weeks ago. It could be just a feeling that Esav has that he can't do it. He can't accomplish it. He's not good enough. Whatever the reason is that a person rejects, in the end, midah connected midah, measure for measure, he's rejected. Now let's look back at Yisro. I don't want to end on a negative note. Let's look back at Yisro. And we can also look at Cush, and we can also look at Mitzrayim, back in the Gemara Mitzrayim. But let's look at Yisrael, because he's, he's, our, he's our dogma, our example from the Parsha, of the kind of person that we want to be. But Yishma Yisrael, he's somebody who listens. He has, he has the Yiras Elikim. He's someone who's generous. He's someone who eats together with. He's someone who breaks bread together with. He's somebody who wants to be part of Karbonus. What are Karbonus? What are the sacrifices? It's about coming close to God. He sees something positive. He sees something good. He wants to be part of it. We got to look around. We got to look around at the good that's in front of us. And if let's say we have a sibling or a friend who's successful, it's so important. It's hard. It can be very hard. But it's so important to be able to be joyful for the other person. If you can't beat them, join them. Right? It's so important to be joyful for another person, to see another person's joys as our own, to realize that, that we're part of that. You know, a parent naturally sees this, a parent naturally feels this. My child comes into the house and she has new shoes, a new dress, a new coat, whatever. Child comes over to me and wants to show it to me because they know I'm going to be excited for them. Same child might be afraid that the, the, their sibling, they don't want their sibling to see because the sibling will be jealous. Hey, I didn't get new shoes. I didn't get a new coat. I, I didn't get. 
the key is to be like a parent. Yishma Yisrael. Yisrael is someone who's like a parent. He's the father-in-law, of course, of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's his son-in-law who's the, who's the leader of the Jewish people. Now that's doesn't get better than that, right? That's that's the approach that we have to have is like a parent. The parent who sees somebody and, and rejoices in their joy. But Rosh Hashiva tells a story about a young girl, I believe it was the daughter of Rabbi Aaron Cutler, who was playing with her friend, a little girl. At the time, this is obviously a very old story, 50, 60 years ago. Playing with a playing with a little girl, the little girl playing with a friend, and the other the other child won won the game. And my Rosh Hashiva heard this girl say, "You won! Hooray for you! Hooray for you! You won!" It's hard. It's hard to be the Yisro who says, "Hooray for you! Hooray for you! You won! Hooray for you! You succeeded! Hooray for you!" You had you had, you made money. You won the lottery. Hooray for you! That's who Yisro is. Hooray for you! And who is who is Esav? Esav is the one who says, "I don't want you to have it. I won't have it. I don't want you to have it." Yisro is included at the end of time. In fact, to this very day, there are people who live in this country, the Druze, I heard this from my parents who heard it directly from a Druze, I'm pretty sure that that's correct, who said that they believe that they're descended from Yisro. When they get to a certain age, their custom is, I don't know, 40 or 50 years old, custom is to have an opportunity to convert to Judaism. Hooray for you. I want to be part of your success. We can look around at the world and see who wants to be part of the Jewish people's success. And who is just not willing because they feel too threatened by it. And we can all look around in our own personal lives and find the same thing. But I'm not looking for the negative. I want to look for the positive. I want to look for how can I be like a parent and enjoy the good that someone else has. Enjoy the good that someone else has achieved. Enjoy the good that someone else has received. Even though I haven't received that. How can I enjoy that? So I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should be able indeed to be like Yisro. To be able to listen, to hear, to rejoice in other people's joys. To rejoice in the joy of the Jewish people. To rejoice, to be part of, to, to marry each other. Yisro marries his daughter to Moshe. To be part of the karbonis, to be part of the sacrifices. May we all to see the time when Adi Hashem returns, undoes the destruction of so many thousands of years, returns the base Hamigdash, the temple to its place, returns the Karbanas, the sacrifices. May we all merit to see that day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very good Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.